Welcome to the Do Good to Lead Well podcast. If you're passionate about mastering self-leadership, then you're in the right place. I have always been curious about and fascinated by the pursuit of leadership excellence. This is why I pursued my PhD in psychology with a specialization in business, and I've continued to dedicate my career to understanding the science and practice of positive leadership. My name is Craig Dowden, I'm a best-selling author, award-winning keynote speaker, executive coach, and member of the Forbes Coaches Council. Each week, I'll bring you world-class content on the science and practice of positive leadership. Through my conversations with best-selling authors, TED speakers, and top CEOs, you'll be able to leverage their insights and experience so you can maximize your potential and be the leader the world needs you to be. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another very special edition of the Do Good to Lead Well podcast series. I'm your host, Craig Dowden, and once again, this is time for our monthly episode, whereby I review the most fascinating conversations, research that I've been a part of over the last 30 days or so. And this is an extra special episode because it's going to be released on leap year, Thursday, February 29th. So uh, an awesome occasion. We won't have this opportunity for another four more years. So, and it's the first leap year edition of the Do Good to Lead Well podcast in its history. And so today, what I wanted to talk about was venting. And it may seem in the world that we live in, venting is a very popular approach, a very popular response to everything that's going on. And what I want to dive into is, is venting a good idea? It's popular. A lot of people do this. And yet, what does the science say? How does venting affect us? And perhaps to borrow from Shakespeare, to vent or not to vent, that is the question. And as always, I'm going to look at this through a scientific lens. And what's interesting is, is the research abundantly clear, venting is not a good idea. It actually provides us with a false sense of catharsis whereby we feel like the process of venting is actually helping us. And in fact, it's not. Lots of scientific evidence that shows us the really damaging effects of venting. One of the primary issues is that venting is contagious. Our emotions are contagious, positive emotions and negative emotions. And when we vent, guess what happens? We infect the other person with our negative emotions, whatever it is that we're complaining about, this can come to the surface. And what happens is the other person follows our lead. And basically, it's almost like a game of conversational tennis, where we're hitting the ball back and forth across the net, and it just gets higher and higher, stronger and stronger with each passing strike. And so this is vitally important. And what can happen is we create this cycle of co-rumination, if you will. So I'm going back and forth, passing the ball back and forth. I'm getting more amped up. My conversational partner is getting more amped up and we're, yeah, this is terrible. This is terrible. This is terrible. And then when we leave the discussion, when we leave the conversation, both of us are amped up and neither of us feel any better off. So this is really interesting, very important. What's quite instructive from the research is that venting tends to manifest our anger 
rather than constructively dealing with it. It increases it rather than decreases it. And this is incredibly problematic. We also tend to engage in more aggressive responses as opposed to dealing with it more constructively. So all of these things are vitally important for us in terms of recognizing the negative implications of venting. Another issue, major issue with venting, is we tend to stay in victim mode. And so what this does is essentially depletes our motivation. It's a sense of hopelessness. It's, oh, well, this is happening, and this is happening, and this is happening. And the other person is going, yeah, that's terrible. That sucks. How awful is that? And yet what it does is keep us in this victim mode. It keeps us whereby we are wallowing in that negative emotion, yet what's the pathway out of it? So what can we do? Sounds like venting is awful. And it is in the vast majority of cases. Now we're going to pivot to, so what does the research tell us is more constructive? What's a more adaptive response? And in fact, what's fascinating is, and this is why I love staying on top of the different scientific studies that have been conducted, is that even though venting in the vast majority of cases isn't helpful, there is a shining path forward. There is an exception. So let's dig into how we can use the science of personal development and emotions management to light a way through. One of the first questions we want to ask is who is my venting partner? Research is abundantly clear. Depending on who we choose to vent with, that can have a profound impact on whether it's constructive or destructive. And when you unpack the other person in the conversation, what their role is, what researchers have found is that these individuals who turn venting into a more constructive experience is they are skilled in reframing. What they're able to do is practice to look at the situation from a different perspective. Once again, broadening our frame. They're able to describe it in such a way whereby that we have a different line of sight on this. And as a thought experiment, I'd encourage you to think about different people with whom you vented. And who are the individuals where you feel better after the conversation? Individuals who you feel worse, like you're still super amped up, nothing has really changed. Or even people where you just kind of feel neutral around. Chances are these individuals are much more skilled in terms of reframing. They are expert in listening to what it is you have to say, acknowledging it, and then gently pivoting the conversation in a different direction, a broader perspective. What's the second thing we can do after we've been selective about our conversational partner? We can also be more mindful of the conversation itself, operate with much more intentionality, two words that we hear a lot about. And they are quite instructive in this case. Before we engage in a venting session, and we all likely know we're in that space where we want to vent about a person or a particular situation, be more intentional around how you enter the discussion. So as an example, ask your partner to challenge your thinking. 
encourage them to get you to think about things in a different way. So as an example, encourage him to ask you the question, hey, Craig, how could you look at this differently? What could you be missing in this situation? What are alternative explanations for what's going on? That gentle shift in terms of orientation, moving it into an inquiry-based lens can really unlock some crucial steps that we can take to address the situation. So once again, really powerful. Another tip technique that individuals that I've worked with is to set a time. If you really want to vent and it's almost like, okay, I've hit my threshold, make sure you set a time. As an aside, this is quite valuable when it comes to social media and doom scrolling, where experts say, because we can lose so much time just getting lost in social media abyss. Well, what can we do? Set a timer. And then when the timer is up, we choose whether or not we want to continue down our social media journey. Same operates here. If I'm going to vent with someone, and you can turn this into a humorous exchange where it's, okay, I just need five minutes to unload and just get this off my chest. And you set the timer and off you go. And then at the end of that time, it's critical once again to pivot. Or if you want to choose to continue the venting, make sure you reset the timer, give yourself a little bit of extra time. The crucial part here, and you've probably been able to see this in terms of the setup, is making sure we're making conscious choices that we're aware of what's happening. We're managing the emotions and our reactions within the context of the conversation. Now, another really critical piece as well, resist the temptation to vent online. There's so much work done around social media and the really problematic effects that social media and social media usage can have on our well-being. Well, this is another such example. There's preliminary research that shows that venting via social media is even more destructive than venting in person. In a lot of ways, when we're on social media, the conversational partner is our phone or our laptop, whatever technology we're using. And now it's just one way. And as you've seen, I'm sure as you've personally experienced, the emotional tone in social media, people will call Twitter a dumpster fire for emotion, is that it's amplified. It's heightened in that space. And in fact, what other parallel research has shown through the online disinhibition effect is we tend to say things on social media and we would never say in person. So all of these risk factors make it imperative for us, whereby if we're using social media, we want to be more, probably guess, intentional around it, more mindful. If I am reaching out to someone via social media, I want to see who is going to be that person that I'm going to speak with. And then on top of that, I'm going to be careful around, well, am I reaching out to them so we're having a real-time conversation, even if it's through social media channels. Now, another critical part around managing the emotion that we want to vent about or manage the situation we want to vent about is being more curious. When we're in a situation where we want to vent, 
something's not right. We are out of alignment. Something is prompting intense frustration. And we want to learn from that. We want to be able to dig deep to understand. So whatever emotion that we're experiencing here, what is that trying to tell us? It's essentially our advanced warning signal, letting us know things aren't right. So what we want to do in these situations is to be really curious in terms of how we can approach it and create an action plan. Because as I talked about earlier, when we are venting, we can tend to be more in victim mode. We are more in a state of helplessness in terms of what's happening to us. By being more curious and seeking to understand what's going on in our internal and external world, that's more empowering for us and can then craft some steps, concrete steps that we can take, conversations that we need to have, certain behaviors that we can engage in to address the source of our venting. Now, here's a bonus tip. How can we get better? And in fact, recognizing the perils of venting, how can we become a better conversational partner? How can we pay it forward? Let's start by learning how to be better venting partners with the people we care about in our personal and professional lives. Well, one of the best ways we can do it is to seek out positive role models. If we really struggle with this, if we're unsure how to be effective venting partners, identify the people in your life who you have found when you are really at your limit and looking to have to unload who are those trusted people that you continually go to? You could probably list them, two to three people that you know, hey, when I'm having a really rough time or I'm really frustrated about something, I'm going to call Sally because I know that after that conversation, it's gonna, I'm going to have a different perspective. I'm going to feel better about where I am. And so Sally's on my trusted advisor list. And here's what's great. If we don't feel naturally gifted in this, talk to Sally. Have a conversation. Hey, Sally, I just had to say, I admire how you show up in our conversations when I'm venting. I come to you with all kinds of stuff. And what I find is really incredible is at the end of the conversation, I'm feeling better about where I am. You gently move me to a different perspective and I see things in a different way. And that's really valuable. So I'd love to hear, how do you do that? When I'm venting, how do you not get caught up in the emotions? How can you ask such great questions? I'd love to learn. Well, guess what? A couple of great things can happen here. Sally may have never heard this feedback before, that they're a great conversational partner for venting, and you value them in that role. What a wonderful way to deepen the relationship. And what's more... They now have the opportunity to share their experience, what they've learned over time, and how they show up, which once again provides us with concrete behaviors, things that we can use, things that we can experiment to grow our own skills. And by taking on the role of venting partner more successfully for others, through that experience, it'll elevate our own awareness and our own capabilities when it comes to ourselves when we're in situations where we want to vent. And using a parallel track almost see us perfectly matching on the feedback side of the equation. I've talked about feedback in a previous 
solo episode. And what do they find? The most highly skilled, the most highly effective leaders are individuals who are skilled in both delivering and receiving feedback. I would argue the same combination, dynamic duo applies here. For us to be at our best, when it comes to venting, we can learn from being on both sides of the conversational equation, both when we feel we need to vent, how we show up, and some of the steps we can take and learn from, and then in the reverse, when we're in situations where people we care about come to us and we can show up more effectively for them. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your hectic schedules to join us here on the Do Good to Lead Well podcast. As always, welcome your ideas, your feedback, your observations. The goal of this podcast is to continually to talk about how we can be at our best. And I look forward to seeing you in a future episode. Bye for now. Thank you so much for joining me here today on Do Good to Lead Well. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. If you'd like to continue the conversation, you can follow me on Twitter at Craig Dowden or reach out via LinkedIn or email info at craigdowden.com. I look forward to meeting you here next week for another transformational episode.